everyone, and welcome to Wii Universe. This is the show where we are playing every single Wii U game in whatever goddamn order we feel like. No matter what the government tries to say, they don't really care. The government has not really contacted I, I hope, me about the order I of hope on the current situation the government has focused its manpower elsewhere. They have some other priorities yeah. that are not necessarily when we play Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate, which happens to be the game we play this week. We're going to get a letter this week from Joe Biden being like, <laughs> when are you going to play Ninja Gaiden Sigma? Ninja Gaiden 3. That is a good, edge. That's a good Joe Biden impression, actually. Well, really? When are we going to play that? Okay, great. He sounds like, uh, he sounds like Goku. That's my, that's my impression of all old men yeah <laughs> it's they are all they all just yell at clouds yeah uh my name is steve guntley hi i'm woody siskowski i have a delivery of unique mushrooms for you oh thank you thank you i, I simply have not collected enough of them <laughs> no two are alike uh so we're gonna be talking about monster hunter today so we needed to tap in uh an expert who knows a little bit more what, about you don't want to just get two like random loud people's uneducated opinion of about three hours of monster hunter yeah I, I, again with the political commentary but that's basically what uh the government is am i right yelling okay anyway hi special guest please introduce yourself hi uh i'm garrett manker and i uh am the Monster Hunter expert, I guess. You're the you're the monsterologist or I'm the monster hunterologist. I, I have collected exactly forty thousand unique mushrooms. So, oh you my know, god, I feel qualified to be in this discussion. So they're not all that unique. It doesn't sound like there's oh. forty thousand of these bastards. Oh, oh, they are. Every oh, they single are. one is <laughs> like a, a snowflake. snowflake. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Everyone is a snowflake, and you should appreciate each and every one you pick from the nondescript mushroom branch on the ground. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, we're we're very excited to have you here, uh, offering a little bit of expertise because I think we've talked a little bit on the show in the past that this is a series that both uh, Woody and I kind of struggle with. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a series I have tried many times to get into because I just... I. If there's something here, there's something here well, that I, mean, I want to get into. However, millions of people, many millions of people play this game, like can't be wrong. This is like yeah. the most pop, one of the most popular games in the world. It is absolutely, it absolutely. Yeah, and and as I explained, it, it's it's interesting. You have to kind of find your fun, and that sounds like a lot of work. And yeah, it is. Sure. It is. When you have a game that uh, asks about 10 hours of you know tutorialization and picking mushrooms, yeah, um, yeah. gathering herbs, and then eventually fighting a monster or two that's, you know, about knee high and you blast it in one shot. Right. And then you carve it and it disappears on the ground and you're kind of feeling questionable about what you're actually doing and where this game's going to go. Yeah. And it doesn't have story. No, but this this isn't like, you know, like Madden is hugely popular, but I've never felt the need to get into it because I just know there's kind of nothing there for me. Monster Hunter feels like it should be up my alley. And I have always liked the idea of the series. I've always liked the world of the series. But when it comes time to sit down and play it, I either get overwhelmed or I get bored or I get confused. That's been my <laughs> response generally to this series. The, the big three. You the run the whole three. gamut of emotions. <laughs> yes. to, to give you some idea of my education on Monster Hunter, it took me I probably until like 2012 to realize that Monster Hunter and Monster Rancher were not the same thing. <laughs> um, which is also different from Yu-Gi-Oh! Which right, is also exactly. different from, yeah, yeah. Different, oh, different than Pokemon. There's no <laughs> trap cards in Monster Hunter, to my knowledge. I guess I haven't advanced far enough. Oh, yeah. Garrett's about to correct me. Yeah, there are actually traps, not <laughs> okay. cards, but I guess you could call them cards, the little uh, item slides that yeah. you go through. Yeah, so yeah. you do have traps. Uh, shock. All right, so they are the same thing as Monster Rancher. Yeah, so today we're is. discussing Monster Rancher. Oh, great. <laughs> well, what CD did you 
put which early '90s hip hop CD did you put in, and what kind of weird monster did it generate? Well, it was a tribe called Quest, Low End Theory. Uh, uh, well, no, that's too good of an album for this joke. It's Nelly, uh, Hot in Here. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. Well, what kind of monster? <laughs> I'm did listening generate? to Chingy, and I generated a uh, one of those eyeball things. Yeah. I don't know. I can't. That's the only monster, monster ranch I know. Yeah, it's like the yellow guy with the eyeball, a little jumpy eyeball. He looks yeah. like Sully. From, yeah, uh, who landed the plane in the Hudson? Right, <laughs> that's, that's the one. <laughs> am I, am I, I'm getting this straight, right? <laughs> that's the, I mean, yes, absolutely. Okay. That's the Sully. Um, so we are we are glad to have uh, someone with some expertise, someone who's put a lot of hours into this game to uh, give us a little bit of perspective that we might have missed in our brief kind of play times. <laughs> maybe, maybe, the, maybe there's more content here. Maybe the but, problem is me and that anytime I try and play this game, uh, this series, it's always for a podcast appearance where I cram an hour sure. or two of gameplay before recording. You know, though, maybe the problem is this game and its refusal to be engaging at the beginning. I don't. That could be a problem, is, too. This is a thing I've been thinking of. What is our willingness of a society to be okay with things being boring at the beginning? Sure. It's like TV shows where someone's like, hey, this is a great TV show. Like, the first season's a little rough. Right. But, like, then it kicks in. Like, to me, things have the right to be boring at the end. Because, or, yeah, like, have a squishy middle. That's fine. Because but yeah. once you can stop before you get to the end. Yeah. Like, you can be like, oh, good, I've gotten the enjoyment out of this thing, and now I'm ready to be done. You can't stop before you do the, the beginning of the game. Exactly. It doesn't work if you, like, cut right to the last boss. And no, like, <laughs> no. And, I mean, with, with television, it's like, you know, it needs a little time to find its voice. You know, the actors sure. are finding their characters. They're finding new directions to take it. Video games come pre-built. Like you, you know it's done. Like you built it. You yeah. made it. Like you can you have control over the the beginning of it. You yeah. have control you over put, the pacing. You put of your this. best stuff first. Like yes. you come out, you come out flying, and then you put your second best stuff last. And yes. then, you know, whatever happens in the middle, if the beginning is good enough, I'm in it. And Absolutely. I'm not sure that uh at least the game we played today really abides by that. And we will jump in all of that real quick. I wanted yeah. to ask everybody, what else are you playing right now? <laughs> Besides my two <laughs> hours of collecting <laughs> mushrooms. <laughs> Mushroom hunter, um, yeah. Well, I, I guess I'm playing a different uh, tedious game where you collect mushrooms. I don't actually know if you collect mushrooms, oh. but uh, Secret of Monkey Island. Oh. It's, okay. it, yeah, it's a classic. I'm still yeah. riding riding that Steam Deck high. Yeah. And um, that's a lot of fun with the little touch pads. I thought that... Yeah. Are you doing um, the the retro, like the remake uh, with the new? Yeah, graphics? I'm doing the remake because that's on Steam, so it's a yeah. lot more user friendly than trying to like load up the old files through Scum VM. And that and, one is nice because you can revert back to the original graphics yeah. at the touch of a button. So that's like, it. Also has voice acting. Uh -huh. and the original, I don't think the original in any version of Secret of Monkey Island has voice acting. No, not until like Escape, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Curse does the third Curse one. Oh, Curse does. You're right. You're and right. like voice really makes that game like. It's a very funny written game, but like the voice acting really makes that comedy click. I um, really like the voice actor who does Guybrush. Like yeah. I forget his name, but I think he's really great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's what I've been playing. That's a good one. Uh, I've been playing Elden Ring. Uh, okay. I'm about 30 hours in, but it's, I, I think of it like Monster Hunter with a story and a cohesive yeah. world. Uh, yeah. It's just fighting a whole lot of bosses that really want to kick your ass and really want to make you uh, try to learn. I like games that try to make you learn. 
Yeah, you yeah. Yeah, you definitely uh, you're, a, a trend is emerging in your gameplay style. Garrett's favorite game is Mario teaches typing. <laughs> how did you get? How did you know? You know me so well. Yeah, yeah. yeah you've got a, you've got a high tolerance for pain. I, I do. And, I do uh, <laughs> to a fault. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. I, I've I've tried and failed to get into Elden Ring well, a couple times. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of yeah. as I, as I played this. I'm like, the, what is the connection between this and Elden Ring that just prevents my brain from engaging? with it something i do think like i like hard games also Mm -hmm. but like i tend to go ones that like it's very clear what the challenge you need to overcome is Mm -hmm. like i feel like hard games with a level of customization Mm -hmm. can be frustrating yeah because it's not clear to me if i'm just not good at the game or if i am using some sort of incorrect build yeah. Like when I play Cuphead, mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, I get that. I just have to dodge that attack that sure. comes, and I will know that next time. When yeah. I play Elden Ring, I'm like, what if I was a magic user instead? Let me restart my game. Yeah, let me <laughs> rethink my entire approach to this. Yeah. Yeah, and Monster Hunter really, as we said at the top of the show, really demands a lot of you, of a lot of reading, a lot of studying. And the older Monster Hunter games really had this flaw in them where they they didn't really iterate. They just continued to build off of, oh, you played Monster Hunter 1. Oh, you played Monster Hunter 2? Yeah. Oh, you played Monster Hunter 3 now. Yeah, obviously and, you know and this. Yeah. So it it hides a bunch of things in the menu which can make it really really frustrating and kind of you know, make the fun really really hard to find, but and Elden Ring is kind of the same way because it's building off your uh, understanding of the Soulsborne games and how those play, and like it's not really going to handhold at all. And that's such a weird aesthetic of those games that, like, somehow from software has managed to play a trick on us. Yeah, where they're like, we're not going to tell you how to play the game, and we're going to be deliberately obtuse. But it's going to be a feature. Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. going to look. Re- you're gonna, it's going to be really cool. The fact you'll, that you have to look up everything on the wiki. You'll thank like, us for this. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's like, wait, how how did we suddenly decide that this is what we want? Yeah, like, yeah. I've I've uh, uh, for my game I'm playing. I've I've uh, decided that the single nerdiest thing about me is that I like uh, this series. I've been playing Danganronpa V3, which is a uh, Japanese. Uh, uh, visual novel murder simulator thing with oh, lots is that of with like the bear? With the, the, with the uh, bear, yeah, with yeah. the bear. I, I think this might officially be the nerdiest thing about me uh, that I like these games because they're completely insane and off the wall, but I've been having fun with that. I've also been playing uh, Castlevania Bloodlines on the Genesis uh, for uh, it's on Switch Online right now. Mm. A game I've seen my roommate play a lot. I never really sat down and play it myself. Uh, that game is gorgeous looks so good for a Genesis game. It's hard as balls. Uh, I, I can't imagine not playing it with the save states and with being able to rewind and redo things. You know, but again, I am a proponent of that feature because I want to see what you've got hidden in this game. There's some amazing stuff hidden deep in Castlevania Bloodlines that you may not get to otherwise. So like, I'm excited to be able to play through that. Yeah. So. Well, I'm, you might need to take my nerd card away because I've never played a Castlevania game. Oh, and, that's all and right. so I need I need some recommendations of which one to start on. I mean, the the this early line, the early ones are incredibly punishing. It sounds like you'd like them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah. They're... My favorite games are uh, Monster Hunter, uh, from software games, and fighting games. So, yeah, yeah. Know. There you go. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, what would be the best? I mean, I, I think, think Symphony, Symphony of the Night. Night. Yeah, Symphony of the Night it is probably is pretty the best. easy. The Area of Sorrow is also really good. The All the GBA, GBA games, yeah, really yeah. solid. It, it just, they're just good, solid Metroidvanias. I I don't know that any Castlevania game, like, 
is truly like this game will change your life at this point in time. Like when Symphony of the Night came out, I could see that being the case. Yeah. But here you're just like, oh yeah, this is just a series with like 12 very solid entries. Also the one for TurboGrafx CD, Rondo of Blood, is, yeah. is excellent. That one's great. But it you takes can, effort to get that working. You can track it down. I think it is on the uh, PSP as part of the Dracula oh, yeah. X collection. Yeah, it, so it's that and Symphony so of the bust Night. bust out your PSP, bust Garrett. Bust out your PSP. Oh, yeah, yeah n- definitely not the Steam Deck that's coming out. No, 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 no I, I, def- I can't play it on that. No, no way, no, no way, no, impossible. You know, I am going to fire up my Turbo Graphics though, you know, and, and pick one of those up. Just get one of those little cards, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, it's on C. It's not. Oh, you it's, can't, a it's a CD. That's yeah, right. That's the, right. The, the affordable, affordable Turbo Graphics cards yes. have laid way to the very expensive CDs. Yes, yeah, I believe it is at least a three hundred dollar game. That is a very so, rare yeah. console and very rare yeah. game. All right, before we talk about this specific game, I want to give a little context about Monster Hunter the series. So this series debuted in 2004 with, uh, appropriately enough, Monster Hunter for the PS2. Garrett, did you were you in it from the from the get go? Uh, I actually was uh, my, oh, okay. my friend's mom in in high school. She bought it in a bargain bin for like four dollars and brought it, and we spent all night trying to figure out how to just kill a single monster <laughs> and yeah. how not to walk like you're carrying a heavy boulder. And we realized, oh, you have to sheath your weapon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean this this was a series that was a huge hit right out the gate in Japan. Uh, and especially, I think a year or two after the original game came on PS2, it was released on PSP, Monster Hunter Portable. And that's the one that really exploded because Japan is a huge commuter culture. Uh, people are playing games on the train, on the bus, all of that, all of the time. And this was a game that like made it really easy to kind of lose yourself for an entire train ride, like hunting monsters and collaborating with friends online and uh, being social. It Yeah, this... This game is one of the, like, breakout games of having wireless, like, easy multiplayer features in a handheld console. Yes. Like, because for so long it was like, oh, let's play this Game Boy game together. And, like, just to, like, trade Pokemon, you're like, okay, make sure the link cable is securely fastened. And, like, or you had the Game Boy Color where you had to, like, point the little port at, the little at each infrared. other. And you're like, oh, you sort of got out of the way a little bit. It's Don't like, you fucking move. My Arcanine yeah. is going to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I I remember that even kind of went into the States when the 3DS versions of this came out. People are like, oh, look, we can actually like play this sort of fully featured multiplayer game on the bus together. That was kind of the revolutionary thing about the PSP was how easy it made it to play online on a handheld because the DS had online functionality, but you had these long, uh, like arcane uh, friend codes and it was a very limited access and very limited uh, in the number of games you could play. The PSP, I think, despite being a very ugly system and hand crampy hand crampy and the making the very stupid decision to run discs that like grind their way through the back of oh the my system God. okay the umd is like one of the worst oh it's bad. format designs yeah. for anything i've ever seen like it doesn't fit snugly into that uh, uh tray in the back so it's always <laughs> rattling yeah. the discs are i think every psp game i've ever had got scratched all to hell Just, but, yeah and the battery and the, the thing like inflates oh. and the, yeah and, and they were pushing you so hard 
to buy and watch movies when your battery life could not get you through an entire like <sighs> episode, an entire thing of Dragon Ball Evolution. Like you're not going to watch <laughs> this entire movie in one go. Also, that is a good name drop of a kind of movie that you would watch on a UMD is, disc. I think that movie was released exclusively <laughs> on UMD disc. Yeah. Anyway, for all our bashing on PSP that we just did, what yeah. I was going to say is that system did a lot of really cool things. It really it, did. Like, no, it was really, really did. ahead of its time if they had just, you know, like, made it work well. If they had just like, made it the Vita first, you yeah, know, then exactly. it would have been great. Yeah, it would have been great. Yeah. So, like, uh, yeah, the, the first game was a big hit, but it did not catch on in America, uh, so much so that Monster Hunter 2 didn't even come out here. Mm. It was a Jap- Japanese exclusive. So, um, with Monster Hunter 3, which was originally called Monster Hunter Try when it was released on the Wii, uh, they were really pushing to cross over to the American market. Like, uh, Gary, you were talking a little bit about their commercials that they were airing and like all these promotions. Yeah. yeah they had like a guy dressed up as a Viking and, and it was kind of like one of those reality, you know, they parked in a mall and there was a, a, a monster head in the back of a truck and he's yeah. like, Oh, come look at this. Uh, I hunt monsters and had like foam versions of the weapons. And it was very much like a, uh, very, very Western style commercial for it. I, I will share a very fond anecdote I have about Monster Hunter 3, which is that the game was being promoted uh, in Japan when I was there in 2009. I was visiting and just kind of checking things out. And uh, outside of Shinjuku Station, there is a huge billboard for Monster Hunter 3 up on the wall. And I use that as a navigation point because I couldn't read kanji. I couldn't read anything else, but I could tell that that's, that says Monster Hunter 3. So when I would get lost, which happened frequently because it's uh, very confusing, I would use Monster Hunter 3 to navigate back to the train station. So that's that's my random fond memory of that game. Well, you know what's really, really funny is I was there a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and Ice, right before Iceborne was coming out, the expansion for World, same thing. Same thing, Billboard, same place. Huge yeah, Billboard yeah, yeah. the side of Shinjuku Station. Yeah, it's great. Huge. Yeah, yeah, I think they've just got that spot cleared out. But I mean, it was very helpful and it kind of endeared the series to me, even though like, I don't know what this is, but like, hey, you're helping me find my hotel. I appreciate that. Yeah, so with this game, they were really trying to push it and uh, make it a success over here in the States. And Try really didn't catch on. Uh, They tried with it. Uh, They had online functionality on the Wii, which again was awkward and hard to use. The Wii didn't have a built-in modem, did it? Or did it? It, I don't remember. It had wireless. It had wireless. It did have that built-in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, because it had the the Wii Connect 24. Yeah, Yeah, didn't you spend a bunch of time on the Nintendo Votes channel (laughs) where you you could chime in on what your favorite topping for a hot dog was? Somehow I missed it, but or, uh, or did you use the Wii Speak, which was the only way to do voice communications on the N- Nintendo Wii Online? We we were just talking about this with another game. I forget what it was, but one of the one of the games we covered recently like used that Wii Speak like functionality. Well, and try- oh, it's actually this game. It's this, this game, game yeah, that I'm yeah. researching now yeah, it, it, was one of the ones. That you- <laughs> I'm awake. I swear to God. I remember if you pre-ordered the game, that was when like the Pro Controller also came out that you would plug into the bottom of the Wii Mote, and it was just this awkward thing where it's like. I, I I guess I need the Wiimote, but I'll just kind of toss it to the side and use this controller. Yeah, yeah. I, I, but ironically, like, Monster Hunter Tri would eventually catch on in the States. They would just need to wait for the game we're talking about today. Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate is like an HD upscaled, uh, reworked version of Monster Hunter Tri with some different features, some features that people have been asking for for a long time. Do you think people got sa- saucy about that? Like, do you think, because that's not very clear, like. yeah. Monster Hunter Tri doesn't make you think, oh, this is the third one in the series right no, away. Like, no, no. Because, well, in it's kind of awkward because I think uh, Monster Hunter 2 is actually called Monster Hunter Dose. 
like very <laughs> randomly. They just went with this very strange naming convention of like it's going to be a different language every time. <laughs> so it's not like Monster Hunter Trace. It's just Monster Hunter Try. Uh, just, but I do wonder, like, did someone get Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate and be like, yeah, I love Monster Hunter Try, and then like, this seems awfully similar. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think that might have been, there, there's some commu- uh, confusion there. But really, this game popped super hard on the 3DS, and mm, that's that's the thing that really helped it cross over to American audiences. And then a couple years later, in 2017, we got Monster Hunter World, and that finally made Monster Hunter kind of the worldwide smash hit success that it is now. It is currently Capcom's second best-selling series ever after Resident Evil. That's it. It's Resident Evil, Monster Hunter, and Monster Hunter is sneaking up on it. Right, like, and Resident Evil has been around for many more years. Like, yeah, it, it at least a decade at longer. Least, yeah, at least five or six years before. Yeah, yeah, so they had quite a head start on them. Yeah, and I, I helped them. Uh, I think I've purchased uh, about 20 or so copies of Monster Hunter at this point <laughs> really? I on PC, PS4 and Xbox. And then um, every time I saw it go on sale, I would grab a couple gift codes on Steam because it would be it would be like eight, ten dollars. We go sure. on a very deep discount. And if somebody goes, I'm kind of interested in the game, I go, <laughs> well, let's play because we'll talk about it a little bit later. But the real the real thing that hooks me is playing games with other people and kind of sharing that. And Monster Hunter, you can find your fun solo, but where the game really clicks for me personally is playing with other people and i think that that's what made it such a such a success i, I like imagining you in like a white shirt and a little tie going door to door saying have you heard the good word of rathalos <laughs> yeah like have you have you heard of this giant bone dragon i mean i do think that this game would really benefit from like this, this game does feel like a nice thing for someone to like carry me through mm-hmm. some of these like initial hiccups because i had a lot of trouble just doing like simple things in a lot of this game. Like at some point you get a quest. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go on my quest and collect mushrooms. And then it wouldn't let me leave the village. Yeah. And I'm like, why can't I go on this quest? I've been out to this like forest a bunch of times. And it's like, no, you have to walk to this exit on this random dock. Yeah. That is the other side of the village that they didn't tell you. That's yeah. where the exit was. And whereas if, you know, I was playing this with someone who had played it before, they'd be like, oh yeah, the dock's over there. And they would have saved me six minutes of wandering around aimlessly. Maybe more, maybe yeah, more. Like, yeah, yeah, I agree. I think this would be like, you you want like a wise sage guiding you through this because these tiny little text boxes in game aren't really helping it helping you sink in, you know? Uh, I guess the real true test of uh, of Monster Hunter fandom that I have to ask Garrett, uh, obviously you've seen the movie, I'm sure. I actually fan. have not. Yeah. <laughs> I have not seen the movie for many, and, many, many reasons. Uh, let me check my notes here. Uh, no one else has also seen that movie. No one has yeah, seen it. Uh, yeah. No, that's not true. It did, it did okay. It's one of those movies that like it came out in December during the pandemic. So no one's like... No one's going out to go For see it. For what this it's movie. worth, I heard it was pretty fun. Like, it's Paul W.S. Anderson. Like, which you have to take with a grain of yeah, salt. Yeah. It's this, yeah. probably the same energy as the Resident Evil movies. Yeah. The which, guy's found his niche with Capcom Capcom series. When's, when's the Street Fighter, new Street Fighter movie coming out? Yeah. He'd yeah. make a pretty good Street Fighter movie. He could probably do it. Yeah. yeah just, you know, hey, who would his wife play? Yeah. Mia Jovovich <laughs> just plays Cammy, I guess. Yeah. 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 She could play Cammy for sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so we've had other spinoff series. There's like uh, uh, Generations and Stories and Rise is the most recent Monster Hunter. All of them have been big successes. <laughs> to give they're... you an idea like how much these games all blend into each other, about four years ago, I remember I'm like, okay, I'm going to get into Monster Hunter. I'm itching for a new game to play. And I bought Monster Hunter for my 3DS. Yeah. And I think I played it for 
four hours and was like, I am just not engaged with this. Well, I, and, think, I think we might have bought it for the same reason because yeah. we were invited on to Video Game Apocalypse to talk about like uh, uh, kind of saying a farewell to the 3DS, you know, and they were counting oh, down. Oh, no, I, I bought it even, I think, before I even knew Oh, you. even before that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, but like when I was playing this, Monster Hunter Try, I'm like, I've played this game. I own this game for 3DS. And then I realized that it was Generations. Like uh-huh. I couldn't tell the difference between the two games yep. because it's graphically like... This game is just like generic fantasy. Like, sure. Yeah. Some I mean, dinos. Like, I don't think this game looks bad, no, but it but kind it, of just looks like Final Fantasy if they took out any personality. It has like, kind of retained sort of a PS2 era look. Like, it looks like it looks nicer than any game that uh, PS2 could handle, but like, it does have sure. that same yeah. kind of angular uh, uh, design to it. Sort of the characters are all just kind of look vaguely native without being like part of any specific tradition sure like, like there there's a, a a primal kind of vibe to it which like I, I i actually enjoy the aesthetic of it but actually well let's get into it monster hunter 3 ultimate released march 19th 2013 developed and published by capcom also released on wii and 3ds uh yeah so we've already talked a little bit about try kind of being the first game uh, the big additions that this game added over its predecessors uh, were some new environments, specifically being able to hunt underwater. Uh, water was a big thing. And correct me if I'm wrong, they've kind of dropped water since this oh, game. Oh, it, uh, after three, there is no water hunting. Yeah. yeah. Four, four dropped it. Generations now, doesn't have it. World, rise, nothing. So did, did the fans just not like the water? Did they just not like programming it? Is, it it like- is like profoundly goofy of like you go into the water with like this big bag metal bagpipe and armor on your back and you're like, yeah. okay, swim down. Your character can hold their breath for like, Eight Ten minutes, minutes. Yeah, 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 like crazy, and then you just go and like swipe at fish down there. Like, it honestly, from a gameplay perspective, it's pretty smooth and works pretty well. I, I was surprised but, like, that it, it's yeah. very goofy. It is. It's it's extremely disjointed, and it feels it. the The controls are different. You know, when you do you do a generic dodge, you usually dodge forward, but in the water, you dodge up. And oh. so when you die, when you just hit a neutral dodge, you swim up right as the monster is charging towards you and knocking you back 50 feet in the water. And then you got to put your weapon away and you got to swim faster. It's just all very clunky, but at the same time works. It's, well, it's that, that's what surprised. I haven't spent a lot of time in any water sections, but I think the thing that did surprise me was how easy it was to move around in water, considering moving around on land, not always so easy in this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just wait until you're fighting a lightning dragon dinosaur underwater that's I, shooting lightning bolts in a specific pattern underwater. It all becomes very confusing. Very I don't fast. need to wait for that. I, <laughs> I, I, I've been to college. You know, we, we all went through that. Yeah, so... Uh, uh, that's kind of the most notable big addition here, but Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate is kind of the remastered version of Try, and this version was the one, like we said, that finally broke it to American audiences. It tweaked a couple features. Uh, you can now use ranged weapons underwater. Uh, they introduced a couple of new weapons, a couple of new classes, a few new monsters. The Wii U version adds HD graphics to the series for the first time, as well as more accessible online features, and you can transfer your save game between this and the 3DS. Now, it's also... The back of the box and all my research mentioned that there was a lock-on and I couldn't figure out how to use the lock-on. Is that something that's going to be unlocked for me later? Because I kept playing through this. I'm like, man, I wish yeah. I had like a target locking system here. So how much did you mess around with the actual gamepad customization? I tried to mess with it a lot, uh, but it, it's 
it's dense. There are a yeah. lot of options for customization here. So like I couldn't really find the the section where it would allow me to do add lock on. I mean, to give kudos here, like one thing we're always looking for since we are a Wii U podcast yeah. is like, how does this game use the Wii U gamepad? Yeah. And like they really put in a lot of effort here. Yeah. Like they default to having like full, your, your, your touchpad, you can either set it to just display what's on the screen and play it in handheld mode um, or you can have a bunch of panels at any yeah. given time that show like your status or a small version of the map um, or like different combinations for crafting. But then if you press the minus button, you get an option to rearrange the panels uh -huh. and you can look through a bunch of other options of what you want to put there. And they like gamify it in a weird way of like, different panels take up different amount of space. It's like the Diablo 2 inventory. Sure, And yeah. they're like, you can only have so much space and you have to replace other panels, uh, which is just an odd way to do it. But yeah. I think that like, one of what's very weird is one of the default panels is just a picture of a control pad mm -hmm. that controls your camera. Except on the controller, like, the control pad already controls your camera as well as the right stick. It's like why do you want to why do you want to press the direction on the touchpad? Like yeah, this game gives you three different options right at the start to control the camera that all do the same thing. Like I feel like they give you so many options for customization and accessibility that yeah. it makes it unaccessible. <laughs> yeah, I mean way. that's true. I mean even me as a, as a seasoned veteran, I go in and I'm trying to to change the controls and yeah i've got the d-pad uh but i already have another thumbstick that doesn't make much sense but knowing how monster hunter functions i'm like okay i'm gonna pull the map down and i'm not playing multiplayer so i'm gonna take the multiplayer life bars away from my main screen mm -hmm. and uh keep my life bars right above my character so i can focus on the action but there is a lock on button that you put in there when you see the monster in the area that you're hunting you can tap that and then if you double tap the left shoulder button, it focuses your camera at the monster, which is a first for the entire series. And uh, that's great. It would be great if the game explained that to me at any point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, so to back up a little bit, because um, the recurring theme is game does not explain stuff. But yes. what it does explain is that you're kind of at this dockside village that has yeah. been attacked by this big old sea monster and you just arrive as generic, nameless monster hunter. Uh, my character's name was Bork. Bork, uh, very, so, very good. Know, it's, a, it's a heroic <laughs> hunter name. Heroic hunter Bork. Mm -hmm. um, this, this game, and this is also kind of an issue I have with Elden Ring as another tie. I think I sometimes struggle with uh, RPGs and long games where your character has no real identity, like where you're yeah. just nameless, generic, like Fallen One or Monster Hunter. Like, and smart smart game RPGs will make that like part of the story, like Knights of the Old Republic, like that's part of the right. story. But then your identity is yeah. revealed, though. Like your role in the story is revealed, as right. opposed to here, you're just like, you are Monster Hunter, Hunt Mon... Like, this game... Really, like, the name is perfect. Because that's exactly what you do. You're like, I want to hunt monsters? Great. That's, no that's what you're going to do. Um, there's nothing beyond that. Um, but, yeah, it's, like, it's nice to feel like your character has some sort of, like, quest to go on. Or, like, I don't know. That, I, get, I think that's one of the things I'm tripping on. Because this has all the aesthetics, all the look, all the feel, all the vibe of a JRPG. big, epic JRPG. Yeah. 
but there's no, there's functionally no story here. You have a loose framework. The characters mostly don't even have names. It's like village chief, chief's son, uh, uh, guild sweetheart is one yeah, of the girls. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, they'll have little things like that. The cats are the ga- ones. That gal have the with most the names. goods. Gal with the goods. Yeah, yeah, which is great. Uh, which is also Gal Gadot's nickname uh, on set, <laughs> from what I understand. Oh, she's got the goods. She got the goods. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like I don't. I think it's it's a series that has its own flavor and its own style but it doesn't really have a voice uh in a weird way so like i don't even know the name of the like mystical world that we're in like it it never says uh outside of moga village you know or like some some individual port names you know so yeah the village has been kind of messed up by the sea monster and then the village chief is like go get resources so we can repair the village and you just sort of wander out into this the mat the this game is very compartmentalized. Yeah. Like each environment is kind of a fairly small cavern, like not necessarily a cavern, like it might be a field, yeah. but it's a small field. And then when you get to one end of it, like a corridor, it will do a quick load. It loads very fast, which I appreciated. Yeah. yeah. Um, and take you to sort of another field or a cavern that are, they're all numbered on your map. So it can be like, you like, okay, Cavern 6 is the one that has the ore that I need to go get, or it has these monsters that I need to harvest from. Mm-hmm. But I do think that that gets in the way of, I mean, it's probably a technical limitation at the time, but it, it doesn't feel like it's this sort of big, open, like Breath of the Wild style world where you can just kind of go wherever. You have to follow yeah. these very conscripted corridors. And that you do have kind of the option to explore like a bigger open world, but that's that's mostly just for kind of grinding purposes. It kind of, and that's just that little, the biome uh, mm-hmm. off to the right as you leave the village. You can kind of just go and free quest and kill monsters and, and uh, gather goods, but it would take a very long time until Monster Hunter goes into the kind of more open world, uh, like the Breath of the Wild, like you said, Woody, until Monster Hunter World in 2017 or 20, yeah, 2017. Um, yeah, I do feel like that might unlock it a little bit because it just, like, it, it loads fast, but I do think that those different biomes do hurt the pacing. Like, if you yeah. have to get to a area where they're like, go get mushrooms or harvest area or from area six, you have to go through, like, four different biomes and do the, you know the 10 second load time, each one. Yeah. Like I was very excited when they're like, we've added the option to return to village on your start menu. Love it. Like, great. I needed that before. Um, yeah. Whereas if it was something a little more open-ended, like I can see why world was kind of the big breakthrough. Cause that's, that to me is the biggest thing that this game needs. Is yeah. That more that, open feeling. Cause you're, you're missing that sense of progression. It's like if, uh, uh, Bilbo Baggins kept going back to the Shire every couple of days, you know, just to <laughs> check in. It's like, you're, you don't, you don't feel like you've gone on a journey here. You feel like you're, I, I think I, when thinking about it and playing it this time, I'm like, I think the thing I'm bumping up against, uh, more than anything is that this, you know, all RPGs have a grind and I don't really mind that, but I feel like the grind is the game here. Like, and you don't really feel like you're grinding towards much of anything except more grinding. And they don't hide it, I guess, is no, the way. No, like, no, they don't. No, but it's like, not, I, I don't feel duped. But I like, feel yeah. like with a Final Fantasy or something, like the part of the grind is like, this castle is under attack. Go yeah. like repel the monsters from it. And it's like, it didn't really advance the story in any way, but you gained some levels and fought a boss. Sure. Whereas here, they're like, 
we need, I, I just keep saying mushrooms, but yeah. like we need mushrooms. We need like ram carcasses. We need Kirby horns. Yeah. Um, like just go do these errands. And it basically feels like, why am I playing this game? That's just making me an errand boy. Uh, sure. Yeah. And, and this game has, especially ultimate. So in the monster hunter series, you'll see, I think it, I believe it started with uh, monster hunter freedom and then monster hunter freedom unite on the PSP. So when they have a game with the same title, but like ultimate or unite or something on the end of like it, they use G as like a lot of, uh, uh exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's like their version of an expansion. So Ultimate not only added all those other features and the HD graphics, but it also adds a third tier of difficulty. So what you two were playing through is considered low rank. It's usually Mm -hmm. quests that rank from star one to five. Very easy quests. All the monsters don't actually have all of their movesets and you're uh, fighting them and then trying to make it to high rank where the game really starts to open up. I guess just as an addition too, like not only do the monsters not have their own movesets, they don't attack you, like, unless you attack them first. Yeah. Which is just, again, kind of an odd thing to be like, all right, your quest is to go get these mushrooms, and then to just... Because there's, there's essentially zero level of challenge. And yeah. I get, like, that's yeah. the point at the beginning, but, like, it's odd to have, like, no fights unless I trigger them. Well, and one, once you start getting to the bigger monsters, I would say that the characters in the game are actually the monsters. Yeah. They have a lot more character than like the humanoid characters that are in the game or even the cats, which I find incredibly annoying. <laughs> but but uh, you go through and you start fighting and you start understanding which ones are aggressive and which ones aren't aggressive. And as mm-hmm. you progress through and, and gain, not levels, but you gain uh, more monsters that you can hunt, you get more powerful by the equipment that you build, you start to get invasive monsters so you'll be fighting a monster and then there will be one that comes into the same biome and you're fighting two monsters at the same time and there are tools and things that you can do to kind of repel them or you can throw traps down to trap them and try to move them to another area to distract them so the game definitely builds but if you're looking for story this game has zero story yeah i i would recommend anybody who even just wants to try this for some reason you just mash through because it's not telling you any information that you actually need everything's in the pause menu in the hunter notes that tells you everything about the game now I I not I feel like I've been dunking on the game a lot. I want to do offer some some positive feedback here because uh you know, I played maybe total like 4 or 5 hours something like that. I picked at it when I could. I had a busy week. I wanted to spend more time with it, but uh yeah, I picked at it when I could. And once you get past some of the early learning curve stuff, it does start to feel more natural. Uh, once you select the proper weapon for the right event or the right quest, it it flows a lot better. And then I did a quest, like, uh, it's a very goofy little one, but it's asking you to go and steal two wyvern eggs and bring them back. And the wyvern eggs are very large, and uh, you can't use your weapons or do anything else while you're carrying them. And so it becomes an evasive thing where you need to go from this nest all the way back to your base camp and monsters are going to be trying to get at you the entire time. And then this big spike tail dragon descends on you and is trying to blow fire at you. And if you get, I believe bumped, that is the wyvern, Steve. Well, yeah, could yeah be, like, could be, I mean, yeah. that would make sense. They, right? they identify a couple things as wyverns. So I wasn't okay. sure, but yeah, it's just a big, yeah, it was probably there. Can we end. get a wyvernologist in here to like correctly <laughs> identify. Well, actually, uh, all the ones that are on the ground are fanged wyverns. So. Oh, excuse <laughs> me. Yeah. And, and I mean, that was where, 
I was, it was starting to click with me. I'm like, all right, so this isn't just run into a situation, sword swinging, and then like harvest what's left. Like there are, there is some variety here and it's pretty fun to try and like evade these things. And you're doing your little goofy walk, holding your egg, like, cause you can't go very fast. Uh, and if you get bumped at all, you will drop the egg. It'll break and you have to go all the way back. Like I, I was like, th- that's a level of variety. I wasn't really expecting, and it made me want to see like, okay, well, what else you got? Like, what, what, this is, this is kind of cool. Like this is a start. And I think it is, it is just such a bumpy opening couple of hours. Like they're alternately like withholding information from you or, and bombarding information from you. And I think it's purely just like, I think this is a design error. Like, I think it is, I, I think it is. I, I don't know if something got lost in translation or if it's just kind of the design philosophy the the thing it reminded me of the most is another Capcom series that I have similar issues with where like when it works, it really fucking works. And when it doesn't, it's super annoying. It's the Dead Rising series, which is similarly like invasive. It's got these weird time limits that it puts on you. Like it's too easy to screw something up without having any idea that you're going to screw right, this like up. Right, like the quest system in this game puts a bunch of very odd limitations yeah. on you as like kind of the point they're like, okay, you have a blue chest for storing items, but the red chest is where you deliver, mm. and there's like two different inventories. It's like nothing is really as simple as I want it to be. No. Like there's an option to like, when you get rewards for a quest, there's like store items in your like stash, but then you have to click on each individual one separately. There's yeah. no like button to just store all, and it does feel like it's, yeah, it's kind of the same issue I have with the From Software games where it's like, I feel like there's quality of life changes that should be integrated to this game and you're purposely not putting them there as kind of like a feature or identifier whereas I think your game would just be more fun if you did. Like I, I, think, I think Capcom was extra stubborn about implementing those changes which is why Resident Evil 4 still feels like such a groundbreaking thing because it's like, okay, you finally fixed the things we've been begging you to fix for like six games now. Like, thank you, finally, this feels great. And then it, you know, of course they fall into the same patterns and we want them to change it again. And, you know, I I think they're a little reluctant to change things. Yeah, and and you don't get, to to your example, Woody, you don't get a stash all button until Monster Hunter World. That's that's the whole four games in the series (laughs) after three. I mean, they they were very stubborn in their design and they were banking on, okay, well, it's very, very popular. It sells very well. We're going to sell to this audience who's already a fan. But there is this barrier to entry that's, very obtuse it's very not satisfying for just uh, like somebody who's never heard or never played the series before and comes into it it's it, i found myself even struggling with that playing it again this is my third time playing three ultimate you mm-hmm. know have hundreds of hours in the game and i it was funny that woody said i couldn't even find the damn dock to go and do yeah. my quest i couldn't and I played these games for hundreds of hours and I was like, oh, no, it's yeah. this one. No, it's this one. No, I, I messed it up. And there are multiple docks that go off and don't go anywhere, you oh, know, it's or, just or like, go to your farm yeah, or like yeah. go out to the other village a- section. Yeah. It, it, it is it is needlessly obtuse in a lot of ways. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. Again, like I have been dunking on it, too, but like I could totally see how when you would reach a certain point with this game it would just click. Yeah. And like, because there is, I mean, like the quests at least are the ones I've done so far are all pretty fast. Yeah. And they give you a pretty generous amount of rewards. And there's like, 
this game gives you one of every starting item and doesn't even tell you that right yeah. at the beginning. So you can sort of customize your play style. Like the weapon that you use, they all play very differently. Like there's ranged ones. Steve and I both naturally went for the giant bagpipe right from the beginning. Well, I see. I didn't go right from the beginning. I started with the big iron sword. Right, because they don't tell you that you can switch weapons. Like, and... I was having kind of a miserable time trying to play this game with that big iron sword because you uh, it, it's a it's a gigantic tank. It swings incredibly slowly. It does a lot of damage, but it's really hard to land a hit and it takes a long time to recover. And it wasn't until I switched to the bagpipes, which are faster and funnier and offer like some extra bonus features like yeah, that's when it finally started to fall into place and I started enjoying the actual monster hunting. But yeah, like I could see you get to the point where you're like, I like this weapon. I'm going to, you know, get a lot of upgrades to be able to craft. This game's got a lot of crafting, a lot which of crafting. is the kind of thing that, again, some there's, there's mechanics that are just like, for the most part, they really great at me. Yeah. But if you're in it, if you're like, yes, I've clicked with this game, like... You're just in it. And like yeah. I remember Metal Gear Solid 5, which is a game that I was just in. And like all of these sort of extra weird mechanics that were in this game, I'm like, this is great. I want to yeah. like Fulton all of these dudes and mm-hmm. like design this kick-ass base and do all that kind of stuff. And now that when I go back and play that game and I'm not in it anymore, yeah. I'm just like, what is all this garbage? Yeah. Like it's I had to say that yeah. that one took me a while to get into. And I'm glad I did. You know, I really enjoyed that game in the end, but uh, that was one that took a long time to get into. And I feel like Monster Hunter, especially the earlier games, are very much like a community game. They came out in an era where the internet was still kind of early. You know, people were on message boards talking about things, but this was a game to be shared with people and share your experiences and, f- and share your discoveries. When my friends and I on the PSP on Monster Hunter Freedom, mm-hmm. we learned that you can sharpen your weapon yeah oh that was that that changed the whole game because it didn't take 50 minutes to kill a monster you weren't just bouncing off of their rough hide over yeah. and over again uh strange though that you have to sharpen your uh bagpipe and yeah you have to you have to sharpen the hammer weapon but hey you know it's there well, whatever yeah yeah yeah, yeah. just yeah. sharpen the old bagpipes yeah <laughs> yeah exactly i mean yeah i i guess that's it you don't want to know what that's a euphemism for in scotland <laughs> oh gotta take a break here and go sharpen the old bagpipes <laughs> manscaped has a product for that <laughs> But like, yeah, uh, and, and you know, we should mention that online multiplayer is essential to this series, like for a lot of people. It is like, you can play it alone, but like this game is really built around this online multiplayer component. And we do have some options with that, like on the Wii U still, like you can continue to play local co-op with with the 3DS yep. to the Wii U. Like they're both the identical game. Uh, and you can play them simultaneously, which is still pretty cool. And I think this, some of the servers might actually be still be up yeah, on it, this. As long as the Wii U online service is still up, you should still be able to play it. Capcom still has them up. Yeah, but uh, what, it still has like all these iterations of Monster Hunter still have their audiences. Well, really quick, talking about multiplayer, you shared with me before we started recording uh, something that you did, mm-hmm. which was you know if you've never played this game before you would stumble into this and realize you're making almost no progression and making the game really, really hard. So yeah. w- what did you do? I, I went to Port Tanzia, which is like the, basically that's where you can go to take on your online multiplayer quests. I did that before I took on the quests in MOBA Village. Which well, that's is, kind of what like the game direction looks that's like. That's where it there's sort of you. a main ship yeah. with a cat right in front who's like, hey, I'll take you to this place. And you're like, okay. Yeah. Yes. And really what I should have been doing, I realized later, was like going back out into the overworld, learning how to swim, 
once you learn to swim. Collecting mushrooms. Collecting mushrooms. Yes, of course, of course. Once you go out and do that, then they open up a guild in your village where they give you very low-level quests to introduce you to the concept of quests. They're just building all of these guilds out of mushrooms. Exactly. It's like in Catan, where you build a settlement out of sheep. And you like, you got to grind them <laughs> down. road made of sheep and bricks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, the, and the, the design philosophy behind those is that there's you have your single player where it's a lower difficulty and it's designed for one hunter to fight. Yeah. But as soon as you go into, into uh, this game, uh, three ultimate, and I think all the way into generations, as soon as you start a multiplayer quest, it scales the difficulty and health of the monster for four hunters. Yeah. So I was having a really hard time with some of these. Like I had to fight this big, like uh, a fire dragon chicken thing and I couldn't really take it down. Oh, the Kulu Yaku. That's it. That's it. Oh no, no. The Yayan Kutku. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it, it's, it, I have a problem. You do have, you should, not, I was looking at the word and I changed it to murder chicken because I couldn't <laughs> figure it out. Uh, so, there are several you'll find. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I was playing, quests that were designed for like multiplayer. And so my very first quest was find 12 unique shrooms. And then I come back to the single player mode and they're sending me out for my first quest, which is find three unique shrooms. I'm like, Oh, well, what the fuck? Okay. That's a, that's a cakewalk. Okay. I've been doing this all wrong. I'm the shroom master. Yeah. And that's where I found that wyvern egg quest too, which is like probably too hard for the level I was at considering I didn't even have any armor equipped. Well, and something, <laughs> like, something that is uh, another flaw in the game that we talked about earlier too, is it, there are key quests and the key quests are hidden. So mm-hmm. to get to the next star of difficulty, you don't actually have to complete every quest in the list. There's just certain ones that you have to complete, but they don't tell you which ones they are. Yeah. And then you get an urgent quest, which, you know, moves you from one star to two star. And then you start the list over again, you know, with new monsters and new quests. Yeah. See, and it, again, it, it's like, like, I think it's like you said, like it, it just expects that you're going to know this or like that you're coming to Monster Hunter 3 with a little bit of background knowledge. Or somebody forced you into it, like a friend who's really <laughs> into it, who's there that can like teach you how to play. Who's evangelizing yeah, maybe like, it. Yeah. Maybe it just went on deep discount or something and it was only like eight to 10 bucks and so it was pretty cheap. And then you expressed <laughs> that you were interested in playing Monster Hunter and he said, here, have a copy. And then he played it with you. Maybe that's the kind of situation, right, Garrett? <laughs> No, I, I definitely didn't show up to their door in a white suit and, uh, you know, preaching, you know, preaching about the, the greatness of Monster Hunter. I didn't I didn't do that. <laughs> it's a it's more of a first hit is free kind of thing. You know, it's like, here, I'll give you a little sample. And then once you're hooked, you got to buy Monster Hunter. Wolf. Garrett just co- rings your phone at 3 a.m. Hey, what are you doing? You want to play Monster Hunter? <laughs> hey, you joke about that. But I'd be there'd be some late nights and I see somebody playing Monster Hunter. I see somebody online on Steam and I go, hey, you want to play Monster Hunter? Oh, I don't have that game. Now you do. Now you do. Congratulations. What is your guys opinion on this? The phenomena that is very common now where Game services will show, like, display what game you're playing mm. um, on the online server. And that always makes me feel funny. It feels a little like, invasive, right? Yeah. yeah and yeah. I know it's just, like, defaulted to the regular thing, but, like, sometimes I get a little weirded out because I uh, sometimes I'm playing some weird games and I'm like, I don't want my friends to know sure. that I do this. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I have very little shame, but even so, I, I, I feels weird, like kind of putting that out and like, oh, okay, well, I guess so-and-so is playing this game I've never heard of. Like, yeah. yeah right, and, that, and that's why you can default to offline mode, right? Oh yeah. I, I'm very much like a, I very rarely play games by myself. If somebody's online, that's like a motivator for me to go like, oh, you're playing that. Hey, do you want one more? Oh, no, you're playing by yourself. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, how about you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's always what I'm nervous about is if someone else is playing a multiplayer game online and like, I want to play that game, 
I'm afraid that they'll see me playing it and be like, do you want to play with me? And I'll be like, no. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, so I, I, so what are you saying? I'm the problem. <laughs> You're definitely right. the problem. No, I'm yeah. saying that you are using it for its intended function and Steve and I are weird singular hermits. We are. We are. I was going to use the word hermit. Yeah, that's that's kind of our whole gaming plot. Yeah, I just I don't play online co-op or anything like that very often. I'm just not something I'm particularly well equipped for. Uh, and uh, it, so like a game that puts a lot of heavy emphasis on that is always going to like lose me a little bit. Um, like, and that's not the game's fault really. It's just kind of not the way I tend to play. And even with all the flaws, with all the complaints, I, I still kind of feel like there's something here that I really want to grab onto. Like I, I, I feel like I'm so close to just kind of getting it. You know, I, I compared it earlier to animal crossing, like, a series where I always felt like I should like this series. This has a lot going on for it that I could really get into. And it just never clicked, never clicked, never clicked. And then New Horizon comes out and boom, I'm like 500 hours on that fucking game, you know? And like, it, it, it I don't know. I think I'm just waiting for the right entry point, I guess, or the, just the moment for that to click. So Garrett, I imagine that like at this point in time, like, I mean, I do think that this Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate is probably a pretty decent rendition of what Monster Hunter is, but I imagine it's probably not the best starting point, right? Because it sounds like they've ironed out some of the, the, the user interface issues in later games. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would definitely say for anybody out there that wants to try, I would highly recommend Monster Hunter World. Uh, Monster Hunter World, it's pretty, you can get it pretty you know, cheaply. Um, it's a very, very well-made game. Just message Garrett. He'll uh, he'll send you a copy, <laughs> eight, eight to ten dollar copy. He got on deep discount. Yeah, yeah. yeah the first ten people to tweet me. <laughs> no, but uh, it's it's very it's very well designed. It 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 has a lot more cutscenes and it tries to have a story. But you have to go in knowing that this game is not about the story. They kind of shoehorn this in, and it's passable. Mm-hmm. But that's not what the game is about. It's very much the core of the game is the same. You're fighting monster, uh, fighting monsters. You're collecting mushrooms, and uh, you know you're you're just gonna do that until you stop having fun. Yeah, yeah. I I I was hoping I would have like a clearer sense of like my attitude towards this game after discussing it. And I I don't think I do. I still feel kind of like kind of coin tossy with it. I think I'm still just waiting for it to click, and I guess I'm just not sure how much more time I want to put into this series sure. for it to click for me. I could kind of see like. Now that I've figured out a little bit about the quest structure, now that i figured a little bit about equipping and, and upgrading weapons and stuff like that, um, now that I'm starting to lock into some of its idiosyncrasies, I could see myself getting a little bit more into mm-hmm. Monster Hunter 3. I think your comparison to Animal Crossing is very apt. Mm. It's just like... With Animal Crossing, that game, you have to hunt a lot of monsters too. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, sort I of. Like yeah, in kinda. Animal Crossing, you go out and you dig for shells yeah. and you um, co- collect gold tarantulas. Sure. Um, whereas here, instead of that, you go out and you fight a brontosaurus. But it's yeah. the same sort of like the only reason that you're playing is to like collect little doodads to level up some arbitrary thing sure. or to like customize your character in some sort of way it's just like the sort of reward engine like the gameplay is a little different but the reward engine is the same idea yeah 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 i guess the thing i struggle with with those games is it's always weird to me to have a game that you just play until you don't want to until it just you're done you know what i mean you're like this is not fun anymore and so i'm done because i always feel weird about that like i like games with an ending because i'm like 
oh, I beat this game. I'm going to stop playing it now. But, like, but that being said, I feel the same way. But that being said, sometimes I find one that yeah. works for me. Sometimes there's a Pokemon. Sometimes there's an Animal Crossing. Like this, this game doesn't really have an ending. Sure. Like it, you can roll credits on it, but you're not really done until you decide you're done. Right. Uh, Stardew Valley is another huge one for me, like that I did that. Like, so sometimes like this model can work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's, it's just finding how, like how much I'm willing to kind of work through with the game. Like when it is setting out to sort of obfuscate a lot of the things that make the game really enjoyable, you know, yeah. it, it shouldn't, it shouldn't take you a full two dozen hours before you finally get how to play the game. Like it shouldn't take that long. Cause fundamentally like this is just like a hack and slash action RPG. Like it's just all the accoutrement that kind of comes with it is what's complicating. Things. Right. They, yeah, they, they just, they don't do a great job at slowly feeding you more information and so sort of adding complexity. Like they give you a lot of things from the beginning that you might not need. Yeah. And they don't tell you things at the beginning that you might need. Well, <laughs> like, and, then it, and then it does wind up being just a lot of tell and not show, you know, you're not being organically uh, uh, walked into this. You know, you are being told through a series of small text bubbles. Yeah. What the hell is with the text bubbles in they're this so, game? They're, they're like small. in the lower left-hand corner, like, one thirty second of the screen. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I don't know why. It's just like kind of in the lower corner and it's kind of hard to read. But yeah, so I, I think it could do a little bit better about like tell, uh, showing us exactly like how to walk through it, like through and, and maybe make like have us fight like a badass monster early on, like make us feel like we're uh, part of this world. Like I still haven't really taken on a monster except for a couple of like raptors and uh, these big, nice like uh, uh, herbivores that you just smack until they yeah, you rise feel on a little the bad when they're just sitting there like eating grass, and then you're like, oh, time to slice you up, and then they all just run away. Yeah, there was a funny like uh, sort of zebra antelope creature that I that I killed and harvested its liver mm-hmm. and then it proceeded to get up yeah. and run away and disappear. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, I'm pretty sure that it's not getting up after this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It just kind of gets dizzy, falls down. You cut out its liver and you know, you on it, on its way it goes. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you get in, uh, in the, in, in the, in the hunting before you start fighting the big monsters, there's one mission that always irks me in every single monster hunter. You go in and you see a big monster and then your mentor goes, ah, you're not ready to fight it, but you are the monster hunter who's been asked to save this. And the way that you finish the quest is running away from the monster and going back home. Yeah, that's that's weird. That's a weird yeah. design choice. Like, that's a weird they Like, I, I feel like they uh, they could do a little more to empower you earlier on, you yeah. know, like to. Because I think I think the From Software games do a pretty good job of that. Like they start you off making you feel like a super badass, and then they put you in a situation that you can't win, but you have an idea. You have a sense of where you're going to end up. You have a sense that you can progress. You will be super strong, and you can overcome these things. Whereas Monster Hunter, it's like, all right, well, you are a naked baby in the woods. Uh, <laughs> here's a sword made out of a bone. Go kill a dragon. Yeah, and I was surprised because in, in many of these games, I've started them over <laughs> tens of times now. This one has a very, very slow start compared yeah. to almost all of them. Even the original. I popped the original in uh, for PS2 and played it a little bit. Other than the control being on the the way you attack is the right analog stick. There is no actual face buttons. It's so like, weird. It's like Ape Escape, but Monster Hunter. Yeah, sure. It's weird. But 
this one, it has a very slow start and the ramp up and the choices of different weapons that you get and the upgrades you can do don't start hitting until like five star, which is the end of the tutorial. Yeah. 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 I mean, they, it, it's just kind of a weird progression, uh, that it, but it, it, at the same time, it still feels kind of worth it. Trying All right. It. Let's move uh, on let's to move our ranking. Let's move yeah, on. We're going to, we're going to see where we're, I'm, I'm caught in a feedback <laughs> loop here and that's where I always uh, So yes, every week we rank the games that we have just played. Um, how, how many games are on our list now, Steven? Oh my God. We are up to, uh, 80, no 90. We Whoa. Have, we have 90 games that we have covered so, so far. So many thing. games. Yeah. Um, so I am going to put this one. Well, kind of, kind of baffled by this, but I'm I, I'm at this point pretty willing to say that I'm not going to invest more time into Monster Hunter. Okay. I I think that there may be a point where it would totally click with me, and then I would be totally in the pocket. Yeah, but I. I'm. I think I finally recovered from my traumatic experience with Elden Ring. Mm. That I think I'm going to start a new game with that and give that another go. And you know, I think that will be enough because um, sure. I think that that scratches a similar itch. It's like there's so many games out there that I do feel a draw to play. I don't necessarily want to fight to try and click with one that doesn't do the work for me. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I'm, but I'm still like. I, I do agree that there's some here. I don't think it's bad. I just don't no. think it's for me. Um, I'm putting it uh, right behind the Minecraft story game. Okay. Um, which is only two back from Twilight Princess, which, you know, I definitely underrated because I would much rather play Twilight Princess. Sure, um, sure. As a game that has some drive to it and, you know, also starts very slow. Yeah, but, yeah, absolutely. I, I think I'm, I'm kind of in a similar place. What is that? Um, That's like, I think, number 50 on mine or yeah, something like that. Yeah, I can't like see that. it on the but, list here. Yeah. I'll have to find it. Oh, Minecraft Story. Okay, so it's underneath Minecraft Story Mode, yeah. which is, uh, yeah, it would make it number 49. Okay. Yeah, which, yeah, I think that's pretty fair, kind of lower middle. Um, I think that's about where I am, too. I think I, I, I'm going to put this at number 31, which is underneath Need for Speed Most Wanted and above Call of Duty Ghosts. I think uh, that's kind of in that sort of pocket of uh, those are both kind of quality games where you can see exactly what uh, what you're getting right at the top. And I think this one doesn't really fall into that category, but I'm I'm sort of awarding points based on potential. I'm sort of awarding points based on like, um, I'm, I'm projecting a little bit of like what I, that, that I want to get into this more than I have. Um, it's got some really clunky stuff. It's got some really awkward stuff, but there is just some kind of intangible thing that keeps making me want to try to get into monster hunter. Uh, and this is the longest I've spent with one. And I kind of want to jump back in and keep playing now that I've got the hang of some of the mechanics. So We'll see. I mean, I might, uh, I might want to change my answer. In, in time. You got to ride that wave a little bit. So. I do. I feel like I put in a little yeah. bit of time. I want to, I want to keep that momentum going a tiny bit, uh, uh, just to give it a shot. Well, and you know who to call if you have a <laughs> question and you don't want to Google it and then try to figure it out. Absolutely. You know, or you need a hunting partner. You know, Good to I'm, know. I'm Good to know. <laughs> well, we we definitely appreciate having your uh, your expertise, Garrett. Well, your, thanks your, for having your perspective me. Perspective on it. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm just curious, Garrett, real quick, like. Where does what's your favorite Monster Hunter game? Like is, mm -hmm. uh, I would say Monster Hunter World without a doubt. Okay, uh, it, it, the big open environments that it introduced, uh, Rise followed it on the Switch. I think that that's my second favorite. But World really really opened it up to a broader audience, and it's a beautiful looking game. It has great tutorial mechanics. It has a little bit of a story there to for those that want 
that to like have that thread that keeps going. And it does have a beginning and an end and an epilogue and then an expansion Iceborne mm. that kind of continues that and adds a whole lot more to the game. I will say, Garrett, like, even though we were joking about you going door to door pitching like Monster Hunter to people, you're very good at it. Like, you, you, you definitely like yeah. put, put a good case forward for these games no, and make me excited did. about them. For sure. For sure. Like, if anyone could get me into it at this point, like, I think you've made a really excellent case. Uh, we do have a couple of letters today. Uh, you can always send your letters to ultra64podcast at gmail.com or on our website, ultra64podcast.com. Uh, this first one says, hey, Stephen Woody. Uh, so I got the Manscaped product you were advertising. Whoa. Any advice on how to manicure the N64 logo down there? <laughs> Do I need before and after pictures? Is it too diff- If it's too difficult, maybe I'll just opt for the Prince Valiant V. Ooh, yeah, I like that. Uh, obviously joking, super bummed you guys may stop making content. Will the Patreon still be around so I can catch up on all that content? Thanks for all the, uh, the podcasts, and I re- have really enjoyed listening the past few years, and that is from Mac. So thank Thanks, you, Mac. Mac. It's very um, nice. Just to be clear, like... Us stopping making content is in no way imminent. No, like, oh, no, 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 no. We God. have 90 games on the Wii U, and there's like three, 200. Yeah. So yeah. we have a ways to go. And I figure I'll but, keep the Patreon live until people stop, yeah. you know, uh, uh, ordering. I mean, stuff. Like, we'll, yeah, we'll figure that it, out. It'll be there. Yeah. So absolutely. If you well, uh, want to check it out, patreon.com slash ultra64pod. And uh, uh, yeah, if that's true, thanks for uh, thanks for following through on our ad copy. Thank that's, you. That's nice to hear. That is nice. But, yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. The next one starts. Oh, wait, also, oh. just just to follow up on that question a little bit, if you guys could stencil any image into your pubic hair, mm. what mm. do you think would you go with? Like oh. a, a Triforce? I think I would go... I think I would go for an anchor, like the classic. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. like a like a like a sailor tattoo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, I don't know what I would do. Probably just flames. Probably just Ooh, like that's a, pretty cool. I, I just wanted to look like a hot rod, you know. Like, what well, about that? that uh, maybe, yeah, that yeah. rat fink character, like who the guys on the flaming hot rod. You oh know? yeah, like, yeah. That yeah. would be a really ornate thing to <laughs> shave into pubic hair. <laughs> Um, all right. The next letter says, uh, Hey, I've been wanting to send this for a while and I'm finally off this week. So I've got a chance to, uh, one, have y'all ever considered making a ranking the DD games you play on the Patreon? I think that would be fun. Especially, I especially want to hear your rankings of all the mortal Kombat games. Uh, two, I know you guys still have a long way to go before Wii U, but looking ahead, I thought it might be cool to, for y'all to cover the Atari Jaguar. From what I gather, <laughs> the library is pretty small and it was an interesting console in my opinion. Congrats on the move and the new opportunities. It's bittersweet to know it'll be harder for you and Woody to get together, though. Anyway, yeah, like way harder. <laughs> that's a that's a commute. That's a yeah. commute. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, thanks for the fun and the interesting content, and I'll talk to you later. That is from Blake. Thanks, so thank Blake. You, Blake. I just like I I feel like that's uh put that tagline like under the podcast like fun and interesting content. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, we have not been we we kind of started ranking the DD games early on, and we fell off that train just because there's so many games. It was pretty doable with Contra and yeah. Metroid. Like those series w- didn't have an outrageous amount of games, and they were both pretty manageable. And some of them got like less tangible in the differences. Like yeah, I mean like the Tony Hawk games 
rankings are somewhat arbitrary. It's like, almost like, like chronological with the Tony Hawk yeah, games. Like there's I mean, almost like almost. a steady decline. Yeah. Yeah. It will. Uh, it goes. I mean, peaks at four and then goes down. Well, we, I think we kind of hit the wall with the ranking when they were talking about the James Bond. Oh games. yeah, that because one there was, there are a lot of like text based adventures yeah. or like little. Uh, NES just became games, too so much to manage. It was kind of a lot. And it's like some of them, it's like, well, my opinion on this is arbitrary. It's like this yeah. is more of a curiosity than a game. And I'll make it, I'll, I'll give you a quick one real quick. The Mortal Kombat ranking is uh, 9, mm-hmm. 11, and then uh, Ultimate, or then Trilogy, or okay. Ultimate 3. I, I think I agree that yeah. 9 is the best, and I think my least favorite is probably still Sub-Zero? No, is it Sub-Zero? No, it was... Yeah, I think it was Sub Zero. I think it was Sub Zero. It was Sub Zero or Special Forces. Yeah, those were both those bad. Two. Those were and like in the original Mortal Kombat is also kind of a rough play. It's kind of the rough. first it's one. Kind of rough. It's it's uh it gets a pass because it's important, but it's yeah. like it, original Mortal Kombat is not much fun to play yeah. anymore. But but you know, kudos to them. Like yeah. all the the new most recent three games are probably the three best, which is impressive for a series that's been along that long. Around yeah. That long. Uh, as for the Atari Jaguar, I've never played an Atari Jaguar. I have life. an Atari you Jaguar. You have one? You have, yeah. you have the uh, the toilet-shaped one? Yeah, I yeah. own one game for it, which is NBA Jam, Yay. which is a game I own for many other systems. Does um, it play significantly better or worse on the Jaguar? Mm, well, it plays worse in the sense that you have to use a Jaguar controller, sure. which is a tremendously uncomfortable, bulky Because it's got like a calculator in it, right? Yeah. Or something like, <laughs> it's, yeah it's, it's kind of like it's one of those very, cool Very, watches. very weird. Boy, I have... Yeah, I bought this Jaguar not that long ago, um, and I think I played it initially when I got it and have not played it since. I'm waiting for the Jaguar flash cart to go back on sale, yeah. which was only available for like a couple days, and I missed my chance because I was out of town. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I played like the quote-unquote best best game on Jaguar, which is Alien like Alien versus Predator. That game sucks balls. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's really bad. It is like, <laughs> uh, that, that is the one that they say, that's yeah. what you get the Jaguar for. And it's like, nope, nope. Nope, if this is the best. Um, and also, I feel like we probably lost a meaningful amount of listeners when we moved from the N64 to the Wii U. Sure, And yeah, I can't yeah, imagine yeah. that moving from the Wii U to the Jaguar <laughs> is like, where do we go from the Jaguar? Uh, like, we go to the Fairchild Channel F, yeah, I think. Yeah, I got yeah. one of those, too. Yeah, you got one of those, too. Yeah, yeah why not? Uh, yeah, I mean, and uh, yeah, I, I don't I really have any interest exploring the Jaguar all that much <laughs> other than as a curiosity. But, you know, yeah, anybody wants so, to do that podcast. Anyone wants uh, to send us a complete collection of Jaguar games, we'll Please. do it. I'll absolutely <laughs> do it. All right, one last letter here. Hi, Stev and Wodi. Uh, I thought I'd try out some new ways of saying your names, but I don't think these will catch on. Okay. Speaking of catching things with long, stretchy limbs, last week you asked how you're supposed to pronounce the title of the Genesis platforming game about the sentient oh. star traveling the galaxy. Yep. I always said it as Rye Star, like bread, and most on the internet seemed to agree with me. However, no one seemed to be citing any sources. I couldn't find any television commercials or promotional videos from the 90s mentioning the game. I appreciate this devotion. This is great. But if you search Akira Nishino interview on YouTube, you will find a Q&A with one of the original devs. As it turns out, wrist star, like wrist, is correct after all. I am more shook than a hammerhead shark that was just headbutted into submission. Are there any words that you pronounce differently than the average layman on the street? The one for which I am teased the most is Anne, Anna Frank. Uh, American audiences like to call her mm. Anne, but that's not how her surviving family pronounced it. So I think I'm on the right side of history here. Thanks, as always, for humoring me. Your podcast has given me years of pronounced pleasure, and I hope there are many more smiles to come. Your obedient servant, JMO. JMO always writes the best letters. Yeah. Thank you for sending that. 
did not expect to be discussing Anne Frank on this podcast. But also, ever. kudos to you, JMO, for going right to the source of things. Like that is good research right there. How do, how does surviving family members say the name? How does the creator of Ristar say the name? Because yeah, that, those are like first party sources, you know. Yeah, I yeah. just learned today at the library there was an old man talking to one of the librarians, and he kept saying the word irrespective. And I'm like, I don't think that's a word. And then I looked yeah. it up, and it is a word. Okay. It's just a very old man-sounding word. Yeah, right? yeah. It's kind of... Um, it means unrelated to, because regardless of. Yeah, irregardless is the word I'm thinking of. Irregardless is not, not a, word. a word. That is objectively not a word. Even though I say that more often than irrespective. Yeah, but, yeah. I, I think there are always some I'm unclear how to pronounce. Like, I've only seen them in print. Like, the word... I, I think it's detritus but it could oh. be detritus. I don't know quite how that's pronounced, and I hear it differently anytime I ever hear somebody say it, so I don't know. Detri- I, yeah. I always say detritus. Yeah, I, I, detritus sounds right to me, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think I've, I'm sure I've got other what words about, that I kind of... What about it's niche, right? It's not niche. It's niche, yeah. yeah I always okay. say niche, yeah, yeah. Um, the rest are just kind of like, all right, how pretentious am I being? Is it uh, uh, croissant or is it croissant? Croissant. Yeah, which one am I saying today? Uh, I think it's going to be a croissant. strong, bad action figure. He has a throwing croissant. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, if anybody else has any that uh, they can think of, please write in and let us know. Yeah, yeah. we want to know about yeah. grammar now. I do. That'll be our I new do. segment. Yeah, I don't get enough of that. What, uh, Come on. What video games do you mispronounce? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that is all that we have this week. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you to our resident monsterologist, uh, Garrett, for helping us out with this very complicated series. Uh, we welcome that. We're glad to have you, and we uh, hope you come back sometime. Yeah, thanks again for having me. It was it was a blast. Thank also, you. Also, if you want to pitch anything. You know, Please. Yeah. Uh, I do a uh, podcast with my friends Zach and Nick called the Co-Hops Podcast. Mm-hmm. We drink beer, we talk about beer, and we also talk about video games. Absolutely. Yeah, we've been on the show before. It's a lot of fun. It's uh, if you like beer, if you like video games, it's like a great mix. That, that's how I started my sales pitch of Monster Hunter. It was uh, was on the episode where Woody and Steve joined us and they went, oh, maybe, maybe we need to have him on and talk yeah. about Monster Hunter more. Well, that, yeah, yeah, we, we've yeah, now had uh, all three members of your podcast on as guests because uh, Zach was on, I mm-hmm. think, for some N64 games and mm-hmm. Nick did a Mortal Kombat Patreon. With that's us, true. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so tune in next week. We're going to have a kind of a lighter episode for you. We're doing a little grab bag of random games that couldn't fit in anywhere else. Some sort of, uh, uh, arcadey, uh, indie games that, uh, don't really fit in anywhere except right here on <laughs> Wii Universe. So we're playing. Every, every game has a home on Wii Universe. They absolutely do. So the three games we're playing next week are Tumblestone, Runbow, and Tank, Tank, Tank. Yeah. Now some podcasts will give you one tank. Some <laughs> will give you two. We're the only ones with the balls to give you all three tanks Triple tank the tenacity the I'm grit ex- i'm excited i've played runbow it's pretty dope oh it so, sounds i mean yeah. i was reading about it it's like oh this is a competitive foot race game it yeah. sounds like a blast you, uh, you do that in real life i do that in real life absolutely yeah yeah um so tune in next time for that little trio of fun grab bag games and we will see you next time sheathing my bone sword now that sounds gross. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to know what that's a euphemism for. 